Hello and welcome to Fastener Talk, brought to you by Fastener and Fixing Magazine. I'm the host, Will Lowry, and this series of podcasts is dedicated to everything fasteners. For this episode, we are continuing our Fasteners and format, which is where we look at the end-user sectors and technologies relevant to the fastener industry. To do this, we interviewed Nikhil Venkatasan, Business Development Manager at OculaViz. So here is Fasteners and Augmented Reality. Hi, Nikhil. Thanks very much for joining us on this podcast. Hi. Thanks a lot for having me. It's indeed a pleasure to be a part. Excellent. So can you tell me more about OculaViz and its mission? Absolutely. Um, firstly, uh, as, as I already said, it's, it's really nice to be a part of this podcast and indeed a super interesting um, area for OculaViz. Um, in a nutshell, Oculavis, uh, what we do is we intend to redefine your interactions with machine and equipment. So as you already know, we're a software company, um, but we specifically focused our software solutions on remote service situations. Um, and how we are doing this is, of course, um, as a part of our topic today, is by empowering processes using augmented reality technologies. So that's a little bit uh, about Oculavis. Okay, and you mentioned there kind of the, the technology you can supply, along with augmented reality, what are the other ones that you can offer customers? Absolutely. So um, Oculavis Share is uh, our software platform, which is uh, one of the, the, the only product that we have out there in the market. Um, uh, within the product, we have uh, multiple different uh, capabilities that we can deliver. Uh, one of it is, of course, the remote service possibility. Um, so uh, we are enabling companies to be able to deliver their knowledge remotely. Um, to the, the place where it is required. But additionally, uh, apart from the remote service, we also have uh, other capabilities which are uh, specifically enabling manufacturing companies, uh, for example, machine manufacturers or uh, component manufacturers uh, to be able to um, deliver any sort of knowledge, not just uh, the knowledge of an expert, but any sort of machine specific knowledge to the place where it is required. Okay, that's interesting. And obviously, You've mentioned augmented reality there. Kind of, can you explain what is augmented reality and how does it work? Absolutely. So augmented reality is certainly not a new piece of technology. It's been around for about 50 years now, actually. Uh, but in a sense, uh, what we are doing with augmented reality is we're enriching the real-world information with the digital layer of information. So um, uh, parts of our solution is using the visual augmented reality. Uh, there are multiple different types of augmented reality, of course. You can use uh, layers of information from uh, from touch. It could be haptic and so on. Um, but visual uh, augmented reality is one layer of information over and above um, the existing real-world information and some of the best examples uh, or, or rather the most relatable example I could call is of course the Pokemon Go game, uh, which is quite a rage in 2016. is of course another application of augmented reality. Okay, yes. And what opportunities does this represent to businesses? Oh, there's a lot of um, opportunities that you, or opportunities that you can realize by the application of technologies like this. Um, of course, augmented reality is a large part of Ocularis Share, uh, which is our software solution, but we do a lot more than um, just the augmented reality parts of the solution. Some of the largest opportunities you're able to uh, realize or uh, uh, implement is saving of costs, for example. Um, it is indeed uh, necessary for certain tasks, specific uh, technical tasks to be carried out by specific persons. 
but in the situation where um, you're uh, not able to travel to the front of the machine, then you're able to carry out these procedures remotely by, by, by guiding somebody uh, with a basic level of knowledge to handle the situation uh, remotely. So um, you're saving a lot of costs by reducing the number of uh, times you might have to travel to the front of a, a specific machine. That's one of the big uh, or the largest um, opportunities, I would say. But there's several more. For example, as a consequence of not traveling, you're reducing your carbon footprint, which is, again, something very important for modern companies. And uh, going forward in the next years, of course, sustainability is uh, number one. And reducing your carbon footprint is an important part of being sustainable as a company. Um, those are some of the two high level advantages you can see or the, the most obvious ones. But when you are looking at uh, more specific applications like in the machine industry or in the manufacturing industry, for example, the fastener manufacturing industry, increasing machine availability is one of the largest advantages or opportunities that you're able to realize with a software solution like this. Um, when you have a problem with the machine, rather than having to wait for somebody uh, to come on location and be resolving uh, your issue, um, thereby uh, having a long downtime for your machine, you're able to realize um, with the software solution, immediate effect or immediate re response from the uh, from the expert and thereby increasing your machine uptime, which is again a positive increase in your revenue. Um, so these are again um, very high level, but very few of the, the, the large advantages you can see. And there's, there's multi, uh, much more uh, advantages you can see, uh, which perhaps we'll go into the details in the next few minutes again. Okay, so obviously you mentioned there that there's a kind of maintenance and repair aspect of the technology and how it can be used. Kind of, are there any other areas where customers are currently using the technology? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, as you rightly said, maintenance is one of the most um, widely used wi uh, use cases. Uh, certainly because it's also one of the easiest use case to adopt in terms of uh, using a new technology. Uh, but um, to give you a background of what are the other types of uh, uh, use cases people are realizing with software solutions like this, I would like to give you an, uh, an insight into the types of industries we are uh, actually operating in right now. So we are already there in the energy industry, both renewable and the oil and gas industry. We're in pharma, we're in insurance. Uh, we're in manufacturing and production and so on. So those are some of the few industries that I can name off the top of my head. We are in a large number of applications. So thereby, each of these industries are able to realize uh, multiple different types of use cases. For example, in the insurance industry, it's remote inspections. Uh, of, uh, it could be equipment. For example, a company might be insuring their uh, equipment or their plant, um, and the inspection for this has to be carried out by an insurance company. And this can be done together with the, our solution in a very systematic manner to document the entire findings. Then you have the possibility of, uh, of developing your own business model uh, with a remote service. Um, so this is, again, uh, something that a lot of people have not explored, a lot of industries have not explored, is to be able to augment your existing services and existing income from your services by digitizing these services and thereby reaching a much larger geographical area and also a much larger application area or industrial area for that matter. So there are, there are a lot of different um, uh, use cases. Um, of course, I, I invite anybody uh, to, to check out our blog site so you can also see how different industries are using it in one pages uh, on our blog site where you can see examples from companies. Perfect. And what we will do is on, on the podcast 
page underneath where the podcast is, we'll get the uh, blog site URL onto that so that any listeners that would like to visit that can go straight to there and find that information out. Um, you kind of mentioned the industries there and the, the variety of different applications where it can be used. Have you got any examples of, of applications where augmented reality is currently being used? Um, examples, again, I mean, um, I can only, again, name use cases as examples, but I will not probably not be able to take examples in terms of company names uh, because we have a lot of companies working and you will see all of them on our, our website. Uh, but uh, if you want a specific use case, for example, is um, we have the machine manufacturer, which is Trump. Uh, it's T-R-U-M-P with an F at the end. Um, uh, of course, uh, they are one of the largest uh, machine production companies when it comes to laser technologies um, and mechanical production. And uh, they are basically using our augmented reality technology to connect with all of their customers across the globe. Um, uh, predominantly, they are in the US alone with over 3,000 uh, smart glasses deployed um, on, on the field where they're able to get in touch with their customers immediately when the customer is facing a problem rather than having to send somebody over. So this is one of the largest applications of augmented reality based smart, smart glasses um, out in the industry, especially for customer service. So I, I hope that was a good example. Looks like you're suggesting that one of the benefits, obviously, is that it does give these companies that have a global reach the access to their customers and a better service. Kind of, are there any other benefits that augmented reality offers? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, like I said, one of the uh, obvious uh, reaches to reach your customers, but we also have a lot of different companies who are using this internally. So um, they're uh, having multiple different locations. Uh, for example, we have again Bosch, uh, who is one of our largest uh, accounts and customers. Uh, they're using it in a, in a large industrial internal use case where they're basically networking um, different facilities of their own, uh, which are based in South America, in Asia and in Germany to carry out in, internal processes and internal um, uh, procedures. Uh, to, to function better and to share the knowledge across their different platforms. Um, so this is, again, uh, we, we probably can't go into the details of the, the use case, uh, but they're able to network different locations internally. So it's not just about serving your customers and being close to your customers, but also being more internal and efficient internally uh, while using technologies. You have mentioned a variety of industries that you're currently working in. How do you see these markets developing when it comes to augmented reality in the future? Oh, um, these uh, developing for the future, we see nothing but uh, extreme potential here. Uh, to give you an example, um, about, uh, I mean, this is from a recent study from the US. Of course, we can perhaps also leave the link to the study. Um, there's about 37% uh, of the jobs in the US who are uh, basically capable to, uh, to work remotely and carry out the processes remotely, uh, but there's only 7% of it which has actually been realized. So the potential there, you can already see uh, where, uh, where there is a possibility to do, to do things remotely. Uh, it is not being done remotely. So there's immense potential, um, especially in the, in, the, in the developed countries and more so for the further future, um, uh, further down the line in, in the developing countries, uh, for example, in, um, in the Asia-Pacific region, we have countries like India, China, where manufacturing is, of course, uh, manufacturing and exporting is, of course, the number one uh, uh, generator of uh, jobs and income right now. So there's more and more technical uh, equipment and more and more complex equipment going into these countries. 
or rather being made in these countries and thereby the requirement for uh, more technologies to resolve issues as and when they come up. So the potential is immense. Um, uh, we are indeed very, very excited looking forward. Okay, obviously you Fashion and Fixing magazine focused on the, the fastener industry. How do you see augmented reality being used within the fastener industry and what would be the benefits to fastener companies? Absolutely. So, um, again, uh, with respect to this fastener industry, it's again a manufacturing industry. So you are handling uh, large equipment and uh, doing a lot of work on metal based uh, materials. So that uh, brings in a, a requirement for huge complex machines um, automatically in this industry. So where you have these machines, you will have issues um, over the life cycle of the machine or you will have different processes within the life cycle of the machine, not only when there is an issue, perhaps to train somebody. Um, there, there might be the requirement to train somebody on a piece of equipment before they actually go out on the workflow and carry out a complex procedure. And these procedures can be carried out directly on software solutions, thereby giving them an immersive way of learning it uh, and also uh, being familiar with the actual equipment, but not actually working on the equipment itself, um, uh, thereby reducing the cost for uh, training and um, inducting more and more people into the uh, into your workforce. So this is, again, uh, not specifically only to the fastener industry, but I'm pretty sure these are concepts which are also very much applicable in the fastener industry. You obviously mentioned kind of the machinery side there on the factories. Is there an opportunity for augmented reality with kind of fastener companies' customers? So maybe the OEMs, if somebody's working on a, a car or a wind turbine, there'd be an opportunity there for a fastener company to use augmented reality to help the end user install the fastener or check the fastener. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for bringing that up. Actually, that is certainly a very powerful use case. Um, so uh, you're training people on one side, so you might be training people internally, but you could also be training um, your customers about how exactly the, the material you're producing or the, uh, the product that you are producing will be uh, used. And while they are doing that, if there is a necessity for one of your experts to be present there, um, then this can be carried out virtually where you can go on a, a, a live support session together with the customer using augmented reality. You show them exactly how it's supposed to be done. Um, and then if they are any fa facing any issues, then you're able to document all of these issues and support them to resolve these issues live. So, of course, um, the large application is in the automotive industry. We already do have a lot of customers in the automotive industry. Um, and uh, these are, of course, fantastic use cases which you can realize um, in your customer base. We are just going to pause the conversation so we can hear from our podcast sponsor. We create services, complex and innovative, decorative or functional, mission critical and life enhancing every day, now and in the future. Autotech, a global leader in surface finishing solutions. The fastener industry is a, a traditional market. A lot of companies might see augmented reality as very futuristic and something for kind of years to come. Is is that the case or is it actually got more practical and kind of usable today? Um, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, 
uh, fastener industry, uh, not only the fastener industry, I would say the machine industry and the production industry, even in Germany, for example, uh, they're certainly conventional in certain ways and they're uh, a little bit um, cautious when they're looking at new innovation and new technologies. Uh, perhaps they're also sometimes under the impression that it is not ready right now, so we don't want to explore it when, um, when, when before it's uh, out there in the market to a great extent. But augmented reality itself, when you look at it, it is not really something uh, groundbreaking new right now. It's just that we are now having devices which are more and more capable, thereby allowing us to apply augmented reality in more and more uh, areas. And uh, that's why we are opening up more and more use cases here. So uh, it's, it's not that this is a new piece of technology which has a crazy novelty factor involved with it, but it is an existing piece of technology technology which we are able to utilize in a much better manner. So there is, of course, a change management process involved in this. We are, of course, also very aware with this and uh, regularly in exchange with our customers and clients, um, thereby also assisting them in the change management, um, uh, in the uh, process of the change management, thereby getting more uh, engagement from their side. Um, and ensuring that uh, the full value is extracted from this technology as well. So there are uh, different procedures and different systematic approaches which you can um, uh, take over to make sure that your acceptance of the new technology um, is higher. Uh, but uh, all in all, um, it is an immersive technology. So it is something which will give you um, a, a much better and a much deeper view of your actually existing world. Um, so once you experience it for the first time, your impression will completely change if it is uh, um, if it is not uh, there yet, then you will get there where you will start accepting and start seeing um, what are the major advantages. And before I wind up on this point, it is very important for us to know, or rather very uh, has been very important for us, uh, is uh, the situation we are in, finding ourselves in right now with respect to the travel restrictions and the, and the current uh, health crisis and the pandemic and everything going on some sort of um, acceleration into accepting new technologies is happening. People are more open now because they're not able to function uh, if, because they're not able to travel. And uh, now desperately, people are looking at other options where they will be allowed to function and perhaps run their businesses sustainably. Um, and while doing this uh, to, to resolve the current hurdle, now people are opening up uh, to see the, the much, uh, much stronger future uh, that you can actually achieve by adopting technologies like this. So, of course, um, uh, there is a change management aspect, but we are, of course, aware of it and we are here to help you for that. So, if a fastener company was thinking about augmented reality, kind of as a company, how would you work with them and, and how does your software work and kind of how, how does the cooperation happen? Absolutely. So um, if they are interested in innovation, so the right people uh, in the companies for uh, projects like this are the innovation department, obviously. Um, uh, the first thing that we will do is sit down together with the customer and try to understand what are the main pain points, perhaps, that they are trying to address uh, in the life cycle of their different processes. So there are certain common pain points based on the industry, which we are, of course, aware of. So we can specifically look at those points. Or there might be something which is, of course, not in our purview right now. Uh, the, the nature of our software uh, makes it so versatile that there are a lot of use cases that even we haven't realized yet. Um, we have customers talking to us almost on a weekly basis and telling us, oh, we find this new application where we can use your technology um, and bring more value to our business. And uh, that's the reason we first sit across the table together with the customer to understand their requirement and their processes of how things are going right now. 
and thereby systematically try and understand where different parts of our solution can bring value. Um, also very much keeping in mind that when we are implementing that part in that specific touch point, uh, we make sure that we are prepared with all of the, if, if not all, almost all of the eventualities of the questions which might come up when you are doing this. So we try to understand the problem at a deeper level before we actually propose the solution to the customer, uh, because um, theoretically also it has to make sense for them. And of course, uh, the return on investment factor is, is very important for companies when they're looking at innovation uh, technologies and innovative uh, uh, projects. So that is also something we, we realize together with the customer. So we show them how fast you can bring value out of this and what exactly is the value that you will be bringing um, and thereby also what is the uh, advantage for you. So we make it as simple as possible for the customer uh, to be able to watch for this technology. So so what is it that the your software actually does? How, how does it work? Um, there are, uh, as I mentioned, uh, at a very higher level, it is a remote service um, uh, technology, remote service solution. Uh, we have multiple different uh, modules available within it, uh, but uh, to give you in a, in a very, uh, in a nutshell, actually, our software is, of course, cloud-based. So we have our solution um, installed uh, on the cloud, and then you have each participant who will be using the software solution, uh, basically, basically using a handheld device or a, or a pair of smart glasses. So what kind of a use case you're trying to realize? Um, uh, will pretty much dictate the requirements of what hardware you will need. So we are a completely device agnostic solution, so to say. Um, uh, we have uh, about 20% uh, of our customers using smart wearables uh, and the rest of the customers uh, using smart devices like smartphones or uh, tablet PCs and so on. So we have our application covered across the different spectrum of devices in the industrial uh, space specifically. Um, I mean, uh, that, that's the, the overview. So, of course, we are cloud-based to begin with, uh, but we are also capable of delivering the solution um, on-premises. For example, we also are very much present in the defense area. So, when where your data is stored, what is happening to your data is extremely important and they would not like to be on public networks. We are also capable of running this solution on your intranet uh, and thereby host your solution completely, your instance completely on your premises. So that's sort of the conceptual background. I hope that answered your question. So with the faster industry being a traditional market, obviously a, a big factor will be the cost involved and the assumption will be that as it is a futuristic leading kind of software and technology that it will be expensive. Is that the case? Um, so uh, again, this is actually quite a subjective question to answer, but um, considering the fact that we are speaking about the European market right now, uh, it is certainly not an expensive uh, technology to be implementing. I mean, I can quote examples. We have different sizes of companies working with us. We have uh, multinational companies to the tune of they have 100 locations across the planet and a couple of uh, five-digit number of users, a couple of ten thousands of users uh, on the platform. Um, on the other side, we also have small customers who are uh, small machine manufacturers or small prov service providers for these machines. Um, and they have uh, basically been able to go online with less than 5,000 euros um, as an annual expense uh, uh, for, for using the platform. So we are extremely versatile. Uh, the software solution itself is extremely versatile, uh, giving you the possibility of implementing it, whatever scale uh, is necessary for you, uh, thereby also augmenting the costs uh, based on the size of your deployment. So we can get you going on the platform, as I mentioned, anywhere between 5,000. We've also done projects with uh, large customers with, with a quarter of a million euros. 
Um, so it completely depends on the type of use case, but it's certainly, certainly not an expensive technology to get going. And I suppose there are a lot of cost benefits as uh, being involved as if you don't have to travel to visit customers or to sort out applications. Absolutely. So um, a, a perfect example. Thanks for that, actually. Uh, if you're looking at uh, sending an expert, uh, let's say, um, to somewhere in India um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the cost of the travel, the cost of the, uh, the resource actually being blocked out for the period of time. Um, uh, of their travel and their stay and all of these expenses put together will perhaps get you a one-year subscription of Oculavis Share. Uh, we have, we've had customers uh, tell us that they're able to uh, realize uh, with two exp- uh, the expenditure of two trips uh, to a customer lo- location, they're able to realize an Oculavis Share deployment for an annual cost. Um, so that's the level of uh, return on investment you're looking at. Uh, which is certainly uh, something which we make obvious to the customers by understanding their requirements first um, and then showing them the cost-benefit factor, thereby automatically making them see the advantage. How do you see the augmented reality market developing in the future and what plans do you have for the coming years? Oh, for the future, as I mentioned, uh, there's a lot of potential uh, for us as Oculavis as a company. Um, We are, of course, a young company. We are five years old. Uh, we have achieved considerable amount of uh, uh, global presence already in these five years. We have over 200 companies, uh, but our presence is uh, extremely uh, large in the in the dark region, in the um, Western European region. We are, of course, looking at expanding into more markets. Um, as I mentioned, uh, there's the Asian market, there's the South American market, the emerging markets, which will be, of course, of interest for us. Uh, but in terms of the technology itself, um, so what we are trying to explore here um, are, of course, uh, the initial use cases. We are, of course, moving uh, further down into integrating more and more machine data into our solution. Um, so you're able to um, see live exactly what is happening, live machine data directly uh, within the, the solution and thereby move to a direction of predictive maintenance uh, and not only the reactive part. So the reactive part will remain um, because there is not everything that you will be able to predict. Uh, the remain uh, That part will remain as a part of our uh, solutions capabilities, but we will move more towards the predictive. Uh, thereby, it's not just an innovation with augmented reality, but certainly augmented re- reality being a part of it. Uh, we are moving more into the um, uh, into the connected world, so to say. So the potential is immense. Um, we are just at the beginning of our journey, uh, in spite of the fact that we are a, a six million euro turnover company last year. Uh, we only see this uh, growing further and further. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Nikhil. That's been really interesting. And thank you very much for taking part in the podcast. Uh, it's been an immense pleasure. Um, uh, it's it's certainly uh, an interesting market for us. So this was a perfect opportunity for us to get some exposure as a company as well. Um, thanks a lot for having us. And um, uh, the last thing I would like to say is uh, if I have intrigued your interest uh, with, with my answers today, feel free to get in touch with us and we can perhaps brainstorm uh, further and uh, discuss. Thank you. Yes, and to make sure that you can get hold of them, we will include the details in the podcast information. Thanks a lot. And that is fastness and augmented reality. I can definitely see some interesting areas where it could be applied in the future, and so I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Speak to you soon.